The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. intentional spirits out there oh my goodness Uh, it's such great medicine each week to be sharing the show with you uh, knowing that you're listening in current time or later time and having these amazing incredible teachers and authors and people committed because of their own intentional life experiences to to bring more love and awakening to the to the planet that being said um we remind ourselves every week of the the power of being an intentional spirit, a power where we're not relying necessarily on our personality, but being full of the spirit, allowing and experiencing what can come and what can manifest. And the intentional spirit keeps moving forward with his and her dream his and her desires, uh, his and her willing to learn, expand without waiting for another time or the better time or the almost time or when something is behind them. They're literally moving in the now right in front of them. So I'm really thrilled that we have today Reverend Victoria Loveland Cohen. And please, um, may I call you Victoria, or do you want your full name the whole time? Um, (laughs) But I'm just delighted that you're on the show, and thank you for being here, Victoria. Oh, I'm absolutely thrilled, and Victoria is fine. Okay, Victoria's fine, and we're going to send everyone to your website, which is breakthroughnumber2.com. So, Wow, what a what a blessing. I have heard about you through the years, and this is my favorite way, is that we get an hour to just hold sacred space, allow what needs to be said, and the experiences that we don't even know we're going to have yet. <laughs> uh, That's the best know, part, right? Let's right, uh, and it, it's interesting. Uh, uh, breakthrough is uh, one of my favorite words, and not mm. necessarily when I'm right in the throes of it, but it is one of my favorite words because I like to say in the word breakthrough would be the words ache and ooh. I've had a few of those, and I imagine you have too, which is why you are speaking from experience, but now the floor is yours. So we have plenty of time uh, where we don't do long commercials. We just do a midway break. So tell us about how you got here. Why do you have such passion about breakthrough and anything else? Just tell us who Reverend Victoria Loveland Cohen is. (laughs) Good example. (laughs) Uh, I'm so thrilled to explore this with you. And you're right, the whole thing about breakthrough, it's not always fun. It, well, it's, it's the experiences and very often the pain that, that comes before that act of breakthrough when we can actually get to the other side. So, you know, what, it, what, so what I noticed, what I began to notice in others and certainly witnessed in myself was a pattern. Uh, that when we embark on a spiritual path, particularly uh, new thoughts and new thought spiritual path, we've got these amazing tools that we have, right? Affirmation, affirmative prayer, visualization, meditation. They're such a gift. And as we embark on it, very often we, we have like a lot of success at the beginning. We're like, Whoa, this wow, this really works. And then what I discovered is that over time, after some time, it stops working. And suddenly we're like, hey, you know, what happened here? 
And what I have discovered is that when we have these underlying opposing patterns, these underlying energies that oppose what we're trying to do, it can sabotage our efforts. And it start, it's kind of like driving a fabulous car, like a fabulous performance car, beautiful car with the brake on. <laughs> so, and you're you get in like this is supposed to be the most exquisite car ever. It's supposed to be a great car, but it's not moving forward, or it's it it moves forward in the beginning, and then after a while, it stops working. And you know, like in new cars, they they put the the brake, you know, the the parking brake in different places, so you don't always know where it is. So these tools that we learn in new thought that are so wonderful and and can help us create a more joyous, a more successful, a more abundant, a peaceful, you know, life, after a while, it can be like driving that car with a brake on because we need to acknowledge and release those old patterns and the toxic energies that are blocking that flow of good. And then once we do that, it works really well. Once we've released that or transmuted those energies, suddenly it works well. The thing is, we don't always want to look at those old patterns, right? We don't always <laughs> want to. We don't want to look, you know? We don't want to go there. Or we don't know where they are. Like, we don't know where that break, that parking break is. And so what I attempted to do in this book is to reveal five different areas or breaks, quote unquote, that kind of stop uh, our forward movement. But once we give them attention, once we address them and work with them and release them, transmute them, suddenly that wholeness, that peace, that our full potential, our abundant self begins to emerge naturally because that is our nature, right? It's our, it's our natural, it's our natural thing. So if you like that, like I, I can just share real briefly what those five areas are and we can talk about, you can, you, know, you can program. share whatever you want and I'm, you know, this is your time. I get to talk all the time. This is your, we're featuring you today. So there's, no agenda. It's just listening and being in tune with what you feel is important to articulate to people. So mm -hmm. you don't ask, just no breaks, mm -hmm. just go. <laughs> <laughs> You're so generous. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so, so five different areas. The first is about loving and accepting ourselves as we are right now. The second is this tendency that we have to ignore or repress emotions. Three is that we want to acknowledge and heal and then reintegrate our shadow self. Four is we is about releasing resentment and and unforgiveness. That's a that's a big area that I see a lot of you know things a lot of blockage there that blocks the natural flow of good in our lives. And then the fifth is to safeguard ourselves from the negative effects of the collective unconscious. Um, and then we can learn to be a healing influence. We can contribute to the healing of the collective unconscious. So again, as we address these and transmute them and heal these things can act, that can act as breaks, you know, stopping us at every turn, then we can move forward in our growth, you know, joyously, powerfully, easily, effortlessly. That's, a, that's, that's what we want, right? Um, so that's what I spend most of the time working with, with people um, in, in, in the book. And then in the, the last third of the book, I've sort of discovered techniques uh, that are kind of like performance motor oil, you know, for our car, for a performance car that can really boost the effectiveness of these tools. They're really these wonderful tools that we have and little, just little tweaking can really boost it so that it makes a difference and we become 
a vibrant healing presence in the world for others. Um, so, you know, a, a lot of us come to a spiritual, but many of us, you know, for many different reasons, right? Sometimes we're in pain, you know, we, um, we, we, we're looking for solace, we're looking for answers, we're, or, uh, or because we have a deep longing, or because, we, you know, we just want to be better people. And, mm-hmm. and then sometimes our spiritual path finds us. Right. We're not even looking. It finds us. And that's kind of what happened to me. Um, I was uh, I grew up in Southern California um, in the 70s. And, yeah, Southern California was a place of a lot of experimentation and and particularly spirituality. There was a real openness. What area? Yeah, San Diego. Oh, okay. Did you live there for a while? I'm moving there. Um, I'm moving there when my house sells, I'm, I'm relocating, I'm leaving Eastern U S to Western and in the Ventura County, the Montecito, Santa Barbara area. Oh, so. what a lovely, area. what a lovely area. Oh, you're going to love it. It is, it is beautiful. And it, you know, it's a place, all of California is very progressive and, and open to uh, different ways of experiencing things. And, you know, certainly was then, it was a hub of um, spiritual ex- experimentation, you know. And so it was easy to find. And, and so at the time when I was young, I mean, a like teenager, um, I was really into the Beatles. That, that was my favorite. From the time I was a kid, I loved the Beatles. And I just like, whatever they did, I wanted to do. And there was a time when they all went to India to learn transcendental meditation with the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. And, uh, you know, they were all there learning. And I, I thought, oh, that's so cool. That is so cool. You know, with the, the Indian prince and the, the, the uh, incense and the flower power and all of that. So uh, I thought, well, uh, if they're doing that, I want to do it too. And so I searched for somebody. I was 15 at the time, but I was, I was really determined. I found one person who taught transcendental meditation and um, uh, initiated me and my mother. We did this at the, at, at, we, we, ha- we were on this path together. And so we started doing transcendental meditation. Uh, and, but it wasn't because I was, I had this, you know, longing for a spiritual, it was just, it was just, I just thought, this is cool, right? And so at the same time, I ran into this, I I just kind of stumbled into this yoga class that was going on at the college, the San Diego State University. We, We lived across the street from that, and my friends and I used to go walk over there and hang out and, you know, peek into rooms. And we saw this big room where people were, you know, with their mats and doing yoga. That that was back then. That was kind of new, you know. And it was, again, cool, right? So I went in and started doing yoga with them, doing all these. It was big. There was like 40 people there in this big room. And at the end of the yoga practice, the teacher uh, guided us in chanting Om. Oh, you know, over and over and over, we were chanting Om, and that was it. It something broke open in me. My crown chakra, you know, was blown open, and I had this cosmic consciousness experience where I just shot up to the top of the room, and I was there with all of these other souls. You know, it wasn't a body. I wasn't in a body. They weren't in a body. We were all combined in this soup of love, you know, hovering at the the top of the of the room and it was the most amazing experience. Um and okay, so I only went into it because I thought it was this was cool, but then wham, I sort of thrust into this transcendental, you know, universal oneness. Right. So from that moment on, okay, I'm on a spiritual path. And my whole focus was about how do I get back there? Right. How do I get back there? I want to be there. But in the process of doing that, 
I skipped over all the other levels, right? All of the other places in me that were unacknowledged, unhealed, you know, all the chakras that were out of alignment, places that needed to be really addressed and cleared up, which is the definition of spiritual bypass, right? Um, Mm. Which I think, by the way, um, it's okay to go directly to enlightenment first, as long as you go back and heal and work with all the other areas because um, it can, it, what happens is it can just sabotage your efforts and you don't even know what's going on. Um, so, you know, for what did I know? I was 15 and the, the spirituality movement was just kind of getting started. So I just kept trying to get back to this experience of oneness, you know, with any kind, whatever I could, altered states of consciousness, you know, meditation, sure. psychedelic, sex, you know, dance, whatever, trying to get back there. But in the meantime, I didn't like myself. I was insecure. I hated myself. And I just didn't didn't know how to have relationships. I was wounded. Um, And I chose a career with a lot of rejection, you know, which I got lots of because it was my own self-rejection that was just being reflected back to me. Uh, So, you know, that again, that's the place where a lot of people uh, begin their journey of personal and spiritual growth, you know, from a place of pain, from a place of feeling that <clears throat> I'm not enough, I'm not okay, I'm broken, I need to be fixed, I want to change myself in order to feel okay. We know that. and and Or some people feel, well, I want to learn these techniques to to make more, I want to learn how to make more money. I want to get, you know, more house, more attention, more degrees, more titles so that I can feel better about myself. And it's in this culture, this culture reinforces that message, right? That we're, you know, that we're not enough. You're not enough. Not You're not smart enough or skinny enough or relaxed enough or talented enough or motivated enough. You know, that we're not enough. And it's the whole personal growth industry, and it is an industry, has capitalized on making sure we feel like we're not enough. You know, and that's where all we, the money you know, is. That's where all the money is. Yeah, that's, that's where all right the money there. is. And as long as we believe we're broken, then we believe the world is broken. And uh, I, I can understand, you know, often some collective consciousness. It surprises me when. Spiritual leaders come from the place of calling our world crazy and stuff like that. That that's pretty uh, disheartening. Um, I was thinking about. Um, I'm still back to the. I love those things that you know they're like moments and they just grab you. And I love the fact that you could be driving a Bentley. Uh, you didn't say Bentley, but we could put that in our awareness, and you got the brake on. Uh, and when you were talking, I kept seeing the um, the visualization of here's this Bentley, and you're so excited about it. You spent years saving for it, and you take it to sh- with your friend and say, this car is so smooth, it's so amazing, so profound. And then you take the person to go for a ride on a bumpy, unfinished, country country road (laughs) and so you know i I was thinking about you you have me going now uh victoria thank you (laughs) but i was i was thinking about how you know that's that part you were talking about is um many of us want to skip a step i know i did i don't know if it's because of um you know being more of an thinking i'm an old soul and i couldn't get like all this, so I kind of wanted to numb out to enlightenment or, you know, whatever. But the point is, it's like you're you're in your Bentley, but then if you don't plan or deal with some of the key components, the road is bumpy for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. We hit a lot of bumps in the road, and some of it just, just stops us from moving forward. You know, and we get get stuck. 
And the thing is, we don't know. You know, we, we don't realize, we don't recognize that it's a bump. And we don't recognize that we can actually get out of the car and go smooth that or, or you know, move that rock or move whatever is stopping us from moving forward. We can do that. We can clear that. And then the ride is smoother. So, yeah. Good, good visualization um, <laughs> there. And, you know, it's, it's about, it's really about compassion. It's about self-compassion. You know, we, yes, we want, we all want to be a better version of ourselves. That's healthy. That's positive. I'm all for that. But it's the way we get there. We don't want to beat ourselves into it. You know, we don't want to, um, you know, I always think of the analogy of Michelangelo. You know, you've maybe heard this story, his, how he responded to the question of how do you create this beautiful masterpiece out of a hunk of marble? How do you do that? And he, re- he replies, I see the figure in the marble and I work to remove everything that doesn't belong in order to set him free. So it's this idea of rather than pounding the marble and cutting into it and forcing it to be, you know, or just giving up, you know, uh, if we just saw that masterpiece that is within us and then we, we work to remove everything that's covering it up lovingly, gently, you know, we, we can set that inner masterpiece free. And, mm-hmm. and it always kind of strikes me that the, um, you know, the, if you think about a piece of marble, the most beautiful piece of marble has these characteristics in it, you know, they're, they're flaws. They're really flaws in the marble, but that's what makes it so beautiful are those characteristics. And, you know, those, those flaws, those characteristics are created from intense heat, from intense pressure. That's how they get, get created. So if we think about that in, in, in ourselves and we accept, you know, what if we honored and, and, and those intense experiences in our life? What if we saw what we're calling flaws in ourselves as really the most in, interesting characteristics that make us uniquely beautiful? That, and that have prepared, uh, propelled our life so far. You know, it's those experiences that propel us forward, right? And if we learn to love and accept ourselves with that, those characteristics as we are now, love those intense experiences and just love them smooth. You know, just love them smooth. It's, it's like alchemy. It's turning base metal into gold. So that's the first thing that I, uh, the first exercise that I have in the book is um, a, a self-love, as a recognition to look at the things that have been covering up our masterpiece and just blessing them, loving them, loving them smooth, and just gently placing them down, honoring, you know, honoring the where that has gotten us on our path, you know, how it's created this distinctively beautiful person that we are with our unique gifts that we have. Because, you know, all of us with our, with all of our unique experiences can use that, right? In our own, uh, and bless that path to have that bless someone else. Hmm. Very well, very, very well said. Um, everyone, I'm talking to Reverend Victoria Loveland Cohen, and we are talking about her life experience and what she's dedicated her energy to with her training. She's actually the author of three books, Manifesting Your Desires and the Baby Bonding Book and the Just Release, which is what we're talking about today, Breakthrough, a complete guide for getting unstuck and realizing your dreams. Just really love that, and I love the analogy of a car, of driving the car down the road with the brake on. It makes all the difference in the world, that's for sure. I want to thank you for visiting templehays.com and firstunity.org for your engagement, your enrollment, 
and for also referring uh, tremendous, tremendous teachers and and individuals like uh, Reverend Victoria to the to the show. Um, Reverend Victoria, when did your book um, come out? The uh, breakthrough. Right. Yeah, right in in twenty twenty. <laughs> The, the end of 2020 isn't that a good time? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. And the, I, it's like I almost went into song, but yeah, definitely. Wow. Um, well, we hold that even now people have more time to read <laughs> since they're they're uh, right. more homebound. But um, but talk, yeah. yeah, like the appropriateness of 2020 and the breakthrough that simultaneously the whole earth is having you know talk about a resurrection we are on it aren't we yeah (laughs) i want to encourage all of you to go to uh victoria's website it's break the word breakthrough the number two dot com and that way you can tune in you can find out more about her history she's been with agape she's a unity minister at the Unity Center um, of Peace in Chapel Hill, and just lots of things to explore about her. So take the time, uh, if not now, later, to go to her website and explore everything that she's up to. She's the kind of person that she's so interesting, you're going to want to know what's she going to do next. We'll be right back after this short break. Thank you. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. much for being here and I always like to thank Jeff Comfort because he's he's the man with the plan behind the scenes and he's just a great station manager and we are blessed to have him so don't forget on occasion to give a big clap for for Jeff um, I appreciate your attentiveness and you know all the shows you've been involved in and engaged in all these years um, that being said we're talking to Reverend Victoria Loveland Cohen and we are featuring her new book, Breakthrough, a complete guide for getting unstuck and realizing uh, your dreams. Uh, you know, Victoria, it's so nice to kind of chat with you and just hold space with you today. And one of the memories that you have triggered with me, and it may resonate with you or you may think about it and, and come up, you know, um, think about it and it resonate with you later. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about how my how my shaman teacher uh, many many years would always um, want teach me that that with uh, an experience um, that we have in life we acknowledge it we accept it and we allow it okay mm-hmm. and so when you're talking about we evolve or we find a different door or a different window that was pretty ingrained in me that you acknowledge the experience and you accept it and then you allow it and like into what you're talking about about you don't paint a house without sanding and chipping away the old paint well you can but it's still going to bleed through, right? Still going to come through or without primer Mm -hmm. or whatever. Are you gloss over something? Oh, I'll be okay. It's in divine order, you know, kind of thing without really feeling it and thinking about it. So acknowledge, Mm -hmm. accept and allow. I found in, in counseling others or, you know, whatever that, that, because we're such kind, loving, spiritual-based people, often we can accept too quick. 
without really sitting and holding the experience that's wanting to call forth the greater part of ourselves. So it upset her greatly. <laughs> I won't even tell you what she said. When her student then said, well, the teacher archetype of me is on a different journey right now. I am on the journey of I acknowledge and then I allow. I allow what I'm acknowledging. I'm allowing, I, I'm allowing, is it still true? I'm allowing, is it a sensation from my past or right now or something that got triggered in my diet last night because I ate too much chocolate? In that allowing, then I can move forward and accept what part of that experience I'm going to keep. Does that resonate with you at all? Absolutely. absolutely. You really hit on a very important point uh, because, you know, in spiritual community, we tend to, you know, not want to show uh, aspects of ourselves that we would consider unspiritual, you know, the, whether it's uh, an, an angry or you know, selfish or self-centered or greedy part of us, we, we want to keep that hidden or we want to, you know, affirm it away or we want to pretend that it's not there. And, you know, those are parts of us that, you know, you can, you can call them the, the shadow self. Um, there's a, kind of a lot of people doing work in this area, which I think is really helpful because, you know, the shadow parts of us are just those parts. They're, they're who we are. They're part of us. And, um, but we, because we don't want to face them, we don't want others to see them. We disown them. We repress them. We literally push them into the shadows. And, you know, it's like a, you can think of it like a child who is, you know, a small child who's being ignored and rejected. They're going to act out. They're going to, you know, they're going to scream until, you know, they get some attention. And so very often when we're young, that's, you know, our parents, you know, you know, of course, they, they want us to be the best possible beings we can be. And that's wonderful. And at the same time, they're telling us, oh, you can't be bad. You can't be whiny. Stop being so whiny. Stop being so bossy. Stop being so this. And in order to be loved and accepted, you know, which is a human need, deep human need, we just, we, rep- we hold that in, right? We hold it in, but it doesn't stay there. That's the thing. Until we acknowledge it, like you say, and allow it and get its message, it keeps popping up. And it, uh, it will pop up at the most inappropriate times and in the most inappropriate way. Usually when we're stressed or when we get triggered or something, it's like the crouching tiger hidden dragon thing. You know, it's, it's, it's in us. And the more we deny it, the more we repress it, the more it kind of becomes a toxic, toxic energy. And it kind of eats away at us. And so much so, you know, many of us deny our shadow for so long that we, we don't even recognize it's part of us. But it's, it's there. And so one way that we can become conscious, because we all want to become conscious of this, so that we can, you can't heal what you can't see. And we want to become conscious. And one way to do that is to notice what we really dislike in others. You know, what, what really irritates you or what really drives you up the wall, uh, you know, about somebody. What causes a, what, if it's causing a big reaction in you, then you can be sure that you have that same quality in you and you're, you know, you're keeping it hidden. Uh, and again, you know, it's, it, uh, when we're under stress, when we get triggered, it pounces. And, you know, later on, we, we might say, whoa, where'd that come from? Oh, I can't believe I said that. I can't believe, like, what's wrong with me? I can't believe I did that. Uh, so, you know, one way that you can look at it is, um, it's, it's that it is that small child in us that really just wants to be acknowledged and loved and healed. And once we acknowledge and embrace and in, and heal those 
those parts of us, the toxic part of that can be released. The toxic part of that shadow can be released so that that doesn't sabotage us anymore. And then we can reintegrate the gifts of the shadow. Uh, so, you know, I'll share a story with you that will help sort of illustrate this. Um, you know, so a long time ago, a, a woman, we were working on this together. She came to me and she was um, a, a, a sweet woman, really sweet and loving and, and uh, compassionate and generous and giving, you know, but she was deeply uh, troubled and deeply sad, you know, and she came to me, well, I'm doing the affirmations, I'm doing the meditation, I'm doing the, the prayer work, and like just nothing is, is working, and she, she's a very, she was a very heavy woman, very un- unhealthy, you know, unhealthy eating, overeating, and um, just at an unhealthy weight, and uh, she was also a hoarder, you know, she would hoard uh, things in her you know, garage and up to the ceiling and then storage spaces and just couldn't let go of anything. So we worked on this shadow self to find what was in there, what was causing her to sabotage her her good. And what we discovered was this shadow self that was like a bad girl. You know, when she was little, her, her parents were really disciplined her harshly for being bad in any possible way, in every possible way that that means. You need to be a good girl. You need to say yes. You need to please other people. You need to, you know, take care of others before yourself. You can't be bad. You can't, you know, you have to do everything perfectly. So she, uh, she repressed that part of her, right? She, she just shoved those places into the shadow. And once she recognized that and just held that little bad girl and just loved her and embraced her with divine light, and I have an exercise in my book and and on my website that takes people through this exercise of meeting the shadow self and, and, um, you know, steps of, of reintegrating it. And so once she did this, once she loved it, those the toxic part of that bad girl self began to be released and she could reintegrate that. And the gifts of that self helped her be more whole. It helped her be more balanced. So all of these qualities that she had developed in response to the, the, um, in response to, you know, I'm not this bad person. I'm, I'm not. That's not who I am. She repressed it so long she didn't even know it was there. So she developed all these wonderful qualities, being loving and compassionate and giving. That's, those are wonderful qualities. You want to be around people like that, yes. But you also want to be balanced. So when she was able to love that self, it helped her be a little more balanced. And, like, suddenly she could say no when she meant it. You know, she could say, no, I'm going to take care of myself today. I'm going to let my, you know, uh, my shadow self, my little bad girl play today. You know, I'm just going to take the day off and go run in the sand or, or whatever. And I'm going to leave the house without doing the dishes, you know. And and she became this more balanced person. And suddenly the weights began to be released. And she began to release the things that were in her storage and and let it go. And her life just kind of took on a whole different view because, and and now she's, she's got these two sides. Yes, she's still loving and giving and compassionate, but that's more authentic because, you know, it's coming from a real place because she can also own the other voice within her. Um, so, you know, the gifts of the shadow self can be, they're really twofold, you know, because the first gift is that we often, um, develop these qualities that are opposite to that shadow self, you know, um, that, that help us, uh, to become, you know, lovely people, right? So say if I'm, if I have a shadow self that's, you know, uber controlling, 
and I don't want anybody to see that I'm an uber controller, and I don't like people who are uber controlling. So I'll develop uh, those opposite qualities. Kind of, you know, you think, I'm okay, so I'm going with the flow here. If I'm around other people, you know, I'll just say, well, whatever you guys decide, that's good with me. You know, I'm good with whatever. It's all good. You know, it's it's wonderful being a, a relaxed, flexible person, right? But inside, I'm screaming. I'm, I'm feeling deeply unsatisfied and resentful. Uh, so if I embrace that shadow self, that uber-controller shadow self, and I, I start that healing process, and the toxic part of that can be released, and then I can reintegrate and become a more balanced person. So, you know, yes, I'm still relaxed and flexible, but then also I speak up for what I want when it's important. I offer my opinion. I'm, I'm, I can uh, also be, you know, maybe, maybe it adds more structure, more organization. So that healed, reintegrated shadow self can help me balance out the relaxed, flexible person that I've worked hard to develop and add this other dimension so that I'm so that I'm balanced, that I'm more whole. And I think that um, you know, working with the shadow self can really um, open a lot of people up to uh, places inside that they didn't even know they had. You know, we also have a golden shadow. Have you heard of the golden shadow? It's a uh, um, you know, it, it's the same idea of the things that we can't accept in ourselves um, that are that are we could we would consider quote unquote bad qualities that you know we we see it in others but we can't accept it in ourselves. Well, the same holds true for people who have wonderful qualities, you know, star qualities that we can't accept in ourselves. If we find people that we really admire. You know, I admire that person. They're so smart. They're so talented. They're so creative. They're so disciplined. They're so whatever. If we really admire that, and we see the same qualities in people, you know, think about the people you, you admire. You can be sure those same qualities are in you, but you just haven't acknowledged it, you know, because, you know, maybe... You were taught as a child to be, oh, be humble. I want to be humble, unassuming. Don't toot your own horn, you know. Right. Uh, or maybe you, you, you hide your fabulousness because your friends are jealous. So you know you don't want to, you don't want to shine too much. But so, you know, it, the, it's pretty fascinating to me, uh, Victoria, because it's so incongruent with the new thought message because the new thought message teaches you that there are two ways to truly have self-esteem nurture and nature and in in new thought we capitalize with great depth both of those the nurturing of knowing that we are created in the image and likeness of the divine and the nature of seeing the laws working. So we have esteem. And it's just interesting that that is part of, you know, making a mighty noise into the Lord and to the law, right? Uh, instead of, well, let me tone it down or, oh my, didn't mean to intimidate those people or, it's like, it's so interesting, you know, because the real <laughs> esteem is not over other people. Uh, that's like we talk about, you know, false power. It's the not being full of yourself, but being full of spirit. And don't we want people to see that this is what being full of spirit can look like in the good times and <laughs> the rain and 2020 and, you know, 2021 or whatever, I mean, and I'm not um, talking at you. I'm just talking with you. That that's mm -hmm. always been a thing that's fascinated me. Even in early recovery, I I wanted to say, gosh, I'm so glad I I survived myself. I almost killed myself. I went to jail twice. Yes, I'm happy. Yes, I want self-esteem. <laughs> oh my word. Yeah. <laughs> You're 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 uh, you're creating some beautiful things for me today. Thank you, 
Thank you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're multidimensional beings. That's the thing. We have, you know, several aspects of who we are. We're, we're this physical body. We're physical. We're an emotional body. We are a mental body. We, we have that higher thinking capacity. And then we have this highest divine self that we are, that we're an expression of. And all of it's important. You know, we all want to live from that highest divine place, you know, and we can, we want, we want to connect with that in meditation and all of our spiritual practices, and that's necessary. And it's also necessary to acknowledge, uh, you know, all of the other dimensions of our being. You know, if we, if we find areas where there's stuck energy, that's coming from that part of us, that energetic self that we need to address and we need to address it energetically like emotions you know can very often get stuck and um rather than just you know we kind of want to affirm them away or this idea of pivoting to a more positive thought um that works temporarily um but if those are those emotions are unaddressed or you know we're we're not you know releasing them in a healthy way they can really get stuck and cause a problem so we want to release that energetically in a in a healthy way and again i have exercises on my website that are about that but one of the things that you you know if you do you have dogs I do. Uh, Most of my life, I've had a dog. I wasn't born holding one in my arms, but otherwise, I've pretty much always had a dog. (laughs) Me too. I I love them. And, you know, if we can just learn so much from our pets, can't we? We surely can. Um, We surely can. And um, you never know when they're going to bark or ask for something because to them it's there is no interruption. There's just the law of being. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have a lot to teach us about being in the present moment. <laughs> yes, they yeah. do. And, yes, they do. And you know, sometimes they. If you, I, I used to have two dogs uh, that were not the friendliest with each other, and occasionally they would get into a tussle, or they, you know, they they have this really tense moment. And after that tense, that, that tense moment was uh, gone, they would shake, you know, they would shake their whole body from the tip of their, uh, from the tip of their nose down to the t- the whole body would shake like they were wet and they're trying to dry themselves off. But it, it's not, it was not physical. It was emotional. They're releasing that emotion so that they, you know, and then they'll do it, and then they're at the next moment they're fine again, right? <laughs> What's next? I'm fine. So I think the same can we can do that too. We can release those emotions energetically, um, and in in any way that's healthy, and then kind of recalibrate, kind of re- come back to our center, uh, and um, and come back to that that love within us and from that place we can ask one of the best gifts of emotions is that it can point us in the direction of where our thinking is off of where our false beliefs are because once we release that and we recalibrate we can ask that inner wisdom within us you know where was my thinking off what was i you know, what am I believing to be true about myself that would lead me to that experience of anger that triggered that? And um, again, you can't heal what you can't see. So if that comes to your awareness, you know, our inner wisdom, we can always turn into that inner wisdom and ask those questions and listen, and it's revealed. And then we can do affirmations on that. Oh, I see. I was believing that I'm not lovable or I, you know, I'm this or I'm that. Now I can do, now that that's revealed, I can do affirmations around that. And it becomes more effective because the energy has been released. Now I'm in alignment. All of those chakras are are in alignment and they're cleared out. And now I can 
you know, the, these these wonderful tools that we have in New Thought can now be really effective for us. So, and, yeah. and when you say affirmations and it's balanced and the work, inner work continues to be done, there's depth there. And it just doesn't sound like the right answer. You know, it doesn't sound robotic. Um, and and because that can happen, you know, a, an immediate answer for something, you know, just shut down anything else when wanting to come in, just, you know, wait, just get with it. And, you know, it's all in divine order. And, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's just a time and appropriateness that when something really feels true, I think that too is so important when it's an affirmation and affirming and things like that is sometimes just taking a moment and saying, do I really feel with the power of my words that right now this is true for me in this second? I know the totality of the universal law that I believe this, but where am I with what I feel? Maybe there's a better affirmation for me to use right now that would be more appropriate where I am this minute than just sounding like um, a tape player yeah. or a, well, some people won't know what that is, um, a recording <laughs> on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And there's depth and there's an authenticity that comes from that. And it's really a balanced, uh, living a balanced, authentic life. Yeah. And, you know, I, I noticed the same thing that you're talking about here in um, some people who, with the work of forgiveness, you know, mm-hmm. some people think, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm, re- I'm a religious person, so I'm supposed to forgive. I forgive this person the moment that they, you know, uh, cause me harm or some sort of, you know, hurt my feelings. Oh, I I forgive yeah. them. I forgive them. <laughs> well, do you? <laughs> because right. there's usually a process involved in that. And part of that process is to feel your feelings and, uh, you know, be with that, be present to it, and then go through that process of acknowledging that. And then, you know, it's a it's a process that begins with a willingness to forgive. And that, that forgiveness, that's a place where a lot of people get stuck because they don't really realize, you know, what forgiveness is. There's a lot of, you know, it's misunderstood. <clears throat> so yeah. misunderstood. Well, it's yeah. incredible that an hour has gone by. Is there any last word you'd like to leave with us? We have like 20 seconds. <laughs> 20 seconds. Uh, yeah, uh, I, it was just so wonderful having this conversation with you. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, I think we're, you know, we're re- really kind of coming to that place in the evolution. Of, this is a process of evolution. You know, new thought is a process of evolution. We need it to continue to evolve and to incorporate thank you everyone you can go to the word breakthrough number two dot com and thank you for being on our show today and join me anytime at templehaze.com many blessings to you and thank you Miss victoria for your gifts thank you thanks for listening this is unity online radio the voice of an awakening world